Hello, everyone. This podcast is going to be a recording of our worship service on Good Friday of this year. It's meant to be a way to contemplate the law of God in preparation for receiving holy absolution. So if you're listening to this away from worship, away from the church, and you are kind of cut to the heart by these words, we'd really encourage you to reach out to your church uh, to hear the good news of Christ's forgiveness spoken over you. Uh, apart from the gospel of God, the law of God can only condemn us. Uh, but with the gospel, it, we are healed and then freed to pursue the law as a good way of life. So God's peace be with you. And we pray this is useful for you. Grace and peace to each of you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, tonight we're going to spend some time um, meditating on God's law. Uh, every Sunday when we come into church, we confess our sins. And it's generally we say, I'm, I'm a sinner. I've done things that I should not have done. And I haven't done some things that I should have done. And God, be merciful to me. And we hear the response from God, uh, your sins are forgiven. And thanks be to God. God forgives our sins. Uh, but sometimes it's useful to dive a little deeper, uh, to dig down into our hearts and to expose uh, those sins that are there and to name them and to be specific. And so that's what tonight is about. The parable of the Good Samaritan not only did the Good Samaritan save the man from danger, but he also paid for his restoration, paid for his healing. And so too, as we come to our God, not only does he save us from sin and death and hell, but he also calls us to be healed in him. Uh, his wounds have paid for our healing and he wants that for you tonight. And so that's what this is about. Uh, many of you have nailed uh, things that you have written um, to the crosses already. If you haven't had a chance to do that, we will have a chance uh, after this time of meditation. Uh, but each one of us tonight will get to hear specific forgiveness for the things that we have written down, for those things that bother our conscience, that we need mercy for, we need help with. Like salt being packed inside of a wound, it might hurt, it might be uncomfortable but it is for our healing. And so we'll use the Ten Commandments tonight, meditating on God's uh, written law. Before we get to that, I wanna just remind you of a few things about God's law. Would you read this verse with me? For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Whenever we talk about the law, we have to be very careful that we won't attempt to work our ways out of God's wrath by using the law, because it'll never work. But rather, the law shows us our sin, right? Like an x-ray, it shows us where the cancer is. It shows us where the break in the bone is. It shows us the disease, and that's how it will be used on us tonight. But the intent is so that we would be brought to Jesus for mercy and healing. Second thing, let's read this together. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God 
poured as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. These wonderful words we've been meditating on as a church uh, to think about what God has done in Christ, uh, how he redeemed us, justified us, declares us innocent through the work of Jesus that he put forward on the cross. That story we just heard of Jesus being put to death for sinners. Jesus died for every sinner, everyone in the whole world. Uh, But not all people will receive the benefits of his forgiveness. God wants all sinners to come to the truth, all sinners to repent and find mercy uh, at his cross. But only those who receive it by faith obtain the benefit of Jesus' cross. Those who turn and repent call out for mercy and find it in Jesus, they receive this work that Jesus has done by faith. And finally, let's read this together. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The law of God is good and right. Um, God will judge the entire world based on this law that he has revealed already. Nothing will change from here to then. The law is eternal and it is good. It is from God. Uh, If we know that the law will not condemn us because we have faith in Jesus, we're now free to pursue it as a healing measure. We look at it as a guide to our lives and a good way to live in this world to bring honor and glory to God. And so we confess our sins. We're continually encouraged to confess our sins so that we might be healed and restored through Jesus. And so with these things in mind, let's um, look together at the Ten Commandments. We'll start at the Ninth and Tenth Commandment and work all the way to the first. Um, You're free to write more sins down, more things. If your heart is uh, struck by these commandments from God, that you feel you need repentance, feel free to write more down and bring them up. Also know that if you don't write them down but you do come up, you'll receive the same forgiveness. So let's look at this commandment. Let's read this together. You shall not covet your neighbor's status, relationships, or belongings. In every commandment, God wants to give us a gift. Here the gift is a contented heart. God does not want you to be driven Uh, continually covetous, envious, jealous of other people's things, of their family, of their status, of their looks, or anything. And so he commands us to not covet. This is pretty hard to do, especially in our world where we are being pushed to covet more and more and more. And rarely are we content with what we have been given by God. And so ask yourself, Uh, these questions as we reflect on this. Am I discontent with the spouse, the family, the vocation, the job, or employees that the Lord has given to me? Am I contentious? Or have I encouraged disharmony in my congregation, my family, or my workplace? And do I resent those who have what I do not? 
God calls us to be content people. Let's read together the eighth commandment. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Here, God wishes to give you a good reputation, a good name. He wants people to be known for who they truly are, just as he wants to be known for who he truly is. And the the Bible says that the power of life and death is in the tongue, that we can tear down other people's names with our tongues, and this is a form of attacking them. We are not to do this. We are to speak truth to our neighbors in love. And so consider these questions. Do I gossip, listen to rumors, or take pleasure in talking about the faults or mistakes of anyone? Do I defend others against false accusations, or do I stay quiet? God calls us to defend those reputations of those around us and to speak truly. Let's look at the seventh commandment. Let's read this. You shall not steal. God desires to give us the gift of work in this commandment. Work was in the garden before sin. I know it doesn't feel like a blessing, but it is. God calls us to be co-creators with him in this world so that we could build and create and help this creation to flourish. So it is a gift, and theft undermines people's willingness to share their gifts with creation. And so consider uh, these questions. Do I cheat or seek to get what I have not earned? Do I take care of what I have, pay what I owe, return what I borrow, and respect other people's property? Furthermore, God desires us to be generous with the gifts he gives to us. And so do I give generously, or am I selfish, stingy, and greedy with my time and my money? Am I unfaithful to the responsibilities of my vocations or do I waste my time? Next, let's look at the sixth commandment. Let's read this. You shall not commit adultery. This tremendous gift that God gives to us is the gift of family. He gives husbands to wives, wives to husbands. He blesses and joins couples in the union of marriage. He blesses them with children. He blesses their children with children. He blesses their children with children. God desires to give into our hands generations of people. We can hardly comprehend the gift that he wants to give to us. And so... Many times we fall to lust and we sell short this great gift from God. And so consider these. Am I or have I ever been in a sexual relationship with someone other than my God-given spouse? Am I 
Do I look at any person lustfully and thereby commit adultery with them in my heart? This one might be particularly useful for the era we live in, the era of Instagram. Do I dress immodestly? or display myself in a provocative way to elicit sexual desire in those who are not my God-given husband or wife. Have I rejected the teachings of Jesus and the apostles that God blesses sexuality only within the marriage relationship of one man and one woman? coming from that rejection? Have I encouraged others to sin sexually or given them my approval in doing so? For those of us who are married, do I give myself freely and selflessly to my spouse? Do I dishonor marriage by ridicule or divorce? Lord, have mercy upon us. Let's read this one. You shall not murder. God desires the gift of our bodies to be good, to be given to us. He created you as a body. You are not a soul wedged into a meat case. God has intricately intricately woven you together in your mother's womb. He loves your body and he created it. In fact, he loves your body so much that his son took on a body of flesh, died in the flesh, being crucified for you in the body. He was raised in the body to new life so that you too might be raised to new life in your body at the resurrection. So consider this. Have I unjustly taken the life of anyone, born or unborn? Do I treat my own body as a temple of the Holy Spirit or do I hurt or harm it by gluttony, substance abuse, or self-harm? It goes beyond just physical things too. Do I hate anyone or hold grudges or harbor resentment instead of forgiving as God forgives me? And do I ignore the plight of the helpless? Or am I callous toward those who are in genuine need? The fifth commandment. Let's read the fourth together. Honor your father and your mother. God gives mom and dad to us good authorities. Can you imagine what this world would be like with no mother, no father? No guidance, no authority, no wisdom to share. It would be chaos. It would be war. God is not a God of chaos. He's a God of order. And so he gives these good authorities into our lives so that we might live well. God desires this gift of authority and guidance in our life. 
And so, consider these. Do I honor my father and my mother and other authorities that God has put in authority over me, such as pastors, government leaders, teachers, and employers? God is also behind the state, and so do I obey all the laws of my city, my state, and my country? For those of us who have authority, am I threatening, abusive, or overbearing to others in my household or my workplace? And in particular, parents are called to raise their children to fear the Lord. As a parent, do I faithfully represent God the Father in disciplining, caring for, and faithfully teaching God's way of life to my children? The third commandment, let's read this. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What gift does God seek to give you when he calls you to stop and to remember his words, to hear his voice? God wants to give into your hands, into your life, the gift of faith. Now, without hearing God's word, your faith will fail. It will end. It will stop. Because God's word creates faith. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You have no control to create faith. It must be created in you by God's powerful word. And so consider these questions. Do I delight to hear from my God? Or do I despise the word by neglect or by paying little or no attention when it is read or preached? Do I gather with other Christians regularly to remain in Jesus as he has commanded me? Or have I severed myself from Christ the vine? Do I pray for my pastor and other church workers and support their well-being as they labor to bring me God's word? And for any pastors in the room, as a pastor, do I diligently prepare faithful preaching and teaching for the sake of the people God has put under my care? God seeks to give us the gift of faith by his word. Let's look at the second commandment. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Here God gives to us his name as a gift and really the gift is prayer. You don't get to call up the President of the United States on a Wednesday morning when you just want to talk. You don't even get to call up the governor of your state for that purpose. Or maybe even a rich person wouldn't answer your call. But the God who created the heavens and the earth says, call me anytime. Talk to me anytime. Use my name Call out when you need me. I will answer. It's the gift of prayer. So consider these questions. 
Is the Lord's word evident in my daily speech and conduct? Or do I curse, speak carelessly, or misuse God's name? Do I keep all the vows that I have made in the Lord's name, such as confirmation vows, marriage, or legal vows? Do I take God's gracious invitation to always pray and never lose heart? Or do I neglect my prayers through laziness, distraction, pride, doubt, or unbelief? And do I trust that God will answer my prayers according to his good and gracious will? God says, call out to me and I will answer you. The first commandment, you shall have no other gods. Luther teaches us that whatever we fear, love and trust is our God. Everyone has a God. It's whatever is on the throne of their hearts, whatever they fear most, trust most, and love most. Here, God gives us the gift of himself. He wants you to be with him, him to be with you. He created you so that you could live eternally in his presence and rejoice. Any other God will fail you. And so, do I fear Embarrassment, suffering, pain, rejection, loss, or death more than I fear God? Do I love myself, my body, my family, my status, my work, my possessions, or my country more than I love the God who has given these things to me? And is this evident in my daily life? Do I trust in God above my wealth, my intelligence, my spouse, my government, or any other thing? Do I expect only good from God in every situation, or am I filled with worry because I do not trust him? Luther said, if we could keep this one commandment, we wouldn't need the rest of the nine commandments because we would always do what is right. We would always do what is pleasing to God. This truly is the chief sin, where we displace God and put other things there, which leads us to every other sin. God desires us to be with him. Our sin gets in the way. But through the blood of Jesus, we have forgiveness. And so tonight, if you have been broken, by these laws, that's good. God's law shows us our sin. It shows us where we will be condemned. It calls out to us to be reconciled with the living God and to live. And so that's what we're going to do tonight. Um, before we, um, as a congregation, confess, uh, Pastor John and I are going to confess to you uh, the Holy Spirit has given the church the permission, the authority to forgive sins. And we would be honored if you would use that gift upon us and forgive our sins 
in the name of Jesus as well. So we confess. I confess confess to God God Almighty before the whole company of heaven and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have sinned in thought, word, and deed by my fault, by my own fault, by my own most grievous fault. Wherefore, I pray God Almighty to have mercy on me, forgive me all my sins, and bring me to everlasting life. Amen. And if you would speak words of forgiveness over us. Amen. As the congregation, would you please uh, confess your sins before God as well? And then as response to your confession, uh, as you come forward nailing your sins to the cross, we will speak individually God's forgiveness over you. We confess. I confess to God Almighty before the whole company of heaven and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have sinned in thought, word, and deed by my fault, by my own fault, by my own most grievous fault. Wherefore, I pray God Almighty to have mercy on me, forgive me all my sins, and bring me to everlasting life. Amen.